Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Really good to be here and what a lovely church this is. I've never been here before and um, there's such a sense of vibrancy and love and passion that comes from you guys and that genuinely comes from your heart genuinely comes from the people here who kind of walk through the door and smiling. I mean, honestly, I must have had loads of handshakes and loads of smiles this morning. You didn't know who I was, but you'd welcome me. So I really do appreciate that. Um, so that's just a really so- good sign of a healthy, positive, vibrant church. But you know what? Um, apparently, according to scientists, it takes seven seconds to make a decision on whether or not you like somebody or not. Seven seconds. You make a split-second decision on who they are, what their character is, whether you think you can trust them, all dependent on seven seconds of meeting somebody. Now, apparently, I kind of thought, well, that's quite interesting. I had a bit of a Google, as you do. And I looked, and I found that actually, if your eyebrows are raised like this, you're more trustworthy. So if ever you need to go into a shop or a bank and ask for a loan, just kind of do this with your eyes and, you you know, you'll get the money, hopefully. But apparently, that makes you more trustworthy. So we're all kind of like walking around like this. Apparently, if you kind of have a different kind of nose and different kind of shape to your face and a different kind of forehead, it makes you more attractive or it makes you more kind of authoritative whatever it is that you're looking for. And so there are all these different traits in our face and in our personality and our body types. And we look at people and we make a split-second decision, don't we? Now, whether or not I like it or not, you guys have made a decision about me. And to be honest, I've made a decision about you. But I've decided, actually, you guys are cool. And I I like you. But actually, it's true, because actually, when I walked through the door, what was the first thing that happened? Hi, how are you? Big smiles, big handshakes, big cups of tea. I like the tea, it's good. Always judge a church by the tea and the coffee that are served. It's true. And there was good tea, there was good welcome. It was warm. It's warm in here, isn't it? It's nice, it's cozy. Don't fall asleep, though, because don't get too warm. But it's warm. And you guys, your spirit, your heart is warm. There's a guy in the back there. You totally, totally blessed me. Yeah. What's your name? No, you. (laughs) That's a you. What? Seth. Seth. You totally blessed me by the way you worship this morning. I mean, I was sat here and I was just kind of looking around. And you were just in the presence of Jesus, just worshiping beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And you'd be busy looking after your kids and then you're like like this in the presence of Jesus and you're busy looking after the kids. And that totally blessed me. And wherever you go, people look at you, Seth, and they look up to you. You're a man who walks into a room and people look up to. Be encouraged because you are somebody who is a natural leader who naturally draws people to yourself. So just step up and go, I'm going to be the man that God has called me to be. Because you are an encourager and you're a leader. And there's great things for you in this church. I promise you. Great things for you in this church. You're going to draw incredible people to yourself. And, and as you do that, you'll draw them to God. 
because your heart is so ripe. It's so beautiful. It's so alive. So thank you, Seth, for encouraging me this morning. So seven seconds to make a split-second decision on somebody is not a lot of time, is it? And um, do you know what? In the Bible, uh, there is a lot of things that the Bible talks about, but not about split-second decisions, but more about long-term goals, longevity, things that take time. And uh, one of those things that uh, I really feel God is speaking to this church about is about the seeds, seeds. I really feel that God has put a strong word on my heart for this church for a season. I really pray that you'll capture it and you'll open up your heart and you'll hear what the Spirit of God is saying to this church. But when I look around and I, I, I go to a shop and I think, right, I need to buy some seeds for my garden, I don't look at one seed and go, oh, that's a good seed. Yeah, that's, but this one oh, looks a bit dodgy to me. It's a slightly different shape. Well, this one actually is definitely better seed. I'll get this seed. But that seed, I don't trust that seed. I don't trust it. Its eyebrows aren't raised. <laughs> but we don't say, I don't trust that seed, do we? we? We totally see that the seed has potential. And actually, it, whatever it looks like now does not determine what it will be in the future. It's true, isn't it? It it bears no resemblance often to what it will be in the future. And so often we, we look at people and we make snapshot decisions about who they are, what they can be, what they can achieve, whether they're any good, whether we can trust them, whether we like them. And we make these quick decisions, but actually God looks at us as seeds, seeds. And I really feel that the word for this, this season, Dave and Leanne, is that this church is in seed form. It's in seed form, and it's just starting to, to germinate. It's in seed form. Now, when you look around, don't look around and think, well, you know, we've only got half of the seats full, or, you know, actually, you know, the church down the road's a bit bigger. Understand that this church is in seed form. It's germinating and you are the germination that is happening within that church. You are the, the life that is starting to cause things to change and cause things to move and cause things to break out into different areas. You are the seed in this area of Leamington. And this church is in seed form. Don't ever look around and think, well, you know, we haven't got this, we haven't got that, we haven't got um, enough paid staff, we haven't got this. I tell you what, this is in seed form. And your attitudes as you start to serve in this church, as you start to see it grow, you will start to see change start to shift in this church as you understand the potential, the potential of this church, the potential. I love the fact you see it, don't you? What's your name? 
Chris, you see it. When you got up here, you stood up here with authority and you stood up here saying, I totally believe in what I'm saying here about this church. This is a good church. This is a good church. He totally believes it because you see it. You see what this church will become. You see the impact that it will make on this town. You see the people that are going to be coming into the church. And Chris, I want to commend you for that. Because when you see things, because that means you're a natural leader, when you see things and you speak things and you declare things with authority, we start to see things happening in the spirit. We start to see lives change. We start to see people come in to find Jesus. We start to see lives transform. We start to see songs that are going to be written from you. That's right. You're going to write songs. What's your name? Ali, do you write songs at all? A little bit. I'll tell you what, you're going to stand up here and you're going to sing songs that are going to minister to this church that you've written. And I want you to go away and pen them because there's a spirit of God that's stirring the prophetic song in you. And it's a prophetic gifting that God's going to start to give you and anoint you with. And there's a beautiful spirit that you have. And I'm interested in finding out the songs that you are going to write because I think you're going to really minister prophetically as you play them, as you minister. And there's going to be time of prayer and worship that will kind of really come from you. Let that prayerfulness really go deep in your quiet time. Because I want you to begin to see who God has called you to be. See it. See it. Because others see it. I see it. See it. See it in yourself. But whatever we see will determine our actions, won't it? It will determine our actions. This is Anne, is a beautiful, prophetic, powerful prayer warrior. Aren't you, Anne? You are. You are. She is a powerful woman. And I tell you what, when I was standing in front of her in worship, I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck as she was praying and as she was speaking out in tongues. And I'm like, oh, there's a powerful woman right behind me. I didn't know who it was. And I turned around. I'm like, oh, I know Anne. And she's prayed for me and my husband for many, many years. She's a powerful prophetic woman, a woman who really deep digs deep into the spirit because she sees and she believes for the future and she believes that what God is saying and what God is doing. So this church is in seed form. Do we believe that? It's in seed form. It is germinating. That means it's been planted. A seed left on the table does not bear fruit. It doesn't do anything. A seed that is planted in the ground, in good soil, will start to germinate. This church is planted in good soil. It is in good soil. You've got the basics right. It's there. It's good. Now it's down for you guys to start growing. Yeah? You're going to start growing. We're going to start seeing this seed kind of change and take shape and move and, and, and kind of spread and begin to kind of move. And it will look different. Is that okay? Is that okay for the seed to change? Because in the next few years, this seed, which is church, is going to start to look different. It's going to start to look different. And you guys just got to get go with that. Just kind of go with the flow. You kind of change it up a bit. That's okay, because that's what seeds do. They move, they change, they grow, they expand. This church is in seed form. What do you see? 
what do you see? When you put the chairs out, what do you see? Do you see chairs that are just in the way and they're just a pain to stack? I tell you what, I've moved so many chairs in my life. <laughs> in church ministry, you do, don't you, Steve? You move chairs all the time. I've moved a lot of chairs. And you stack chairs and you put chairs out and you stack them up again and you put them back out again and you're like, oh, the chairs are getting in the way. So chairs, what do you see when you see chairs? Do you see the bottoms on chairs that are not yet here? Do you see people who are not yet here? Do you see it? Do you see you having to kind of make more room and put more chairs at the back? I do. This church is totally going to be packed, packed out. You're going to have to have multiple services soon. You will. You will. It's going to be packed. It absolutely will. I believe it. I know you believe it, Mark, don't you? You're on the door. I met you today. He's a good man. He's a good man. You're going to be stepping up here, mate, Mark, one day. Anyway, back to the drawing board. So what do you see when you put the chairs out? Do you see the, the new people that are coming into your church? What do you see when you pour the tea and the coffee? Do you see the new conversations and the new friendships that you're going to make? The new friendships you're going to make over tea and coffee? What do you see when you hoover the floor? <laughs> it's true. Because I tell you what, when you plant a seed, it's hard work. Hard work. It doesn't just happen overnight. What do you see when you start hoovering? Bits. Bits. Oh, no. I know. I get fed up. Oh, blooming people. I wish they'd just stay away and keep the shoes away from this building. This building would look nice without people, wouldn't it? No. What we see when we hoover up, you see the bits, and we say, thank you, God, that we've got people coming into this church whose feet I can hoover up after. Amen? That's what we see. And we see the people who are going to be coming into this church whose lives are going to be changed and transformed. Steve, and remind me of your love, Kate. Kate. Steve and Kate. How many more people in your 20s to 30s do you see in this church? It's a good question. Because when you look here, I believe that God's going to help you draw more people in their 20s to 30s into this church. Because that you are a, a center of gravity. You carry, carry a pull. And you might not think it, but you do. And I completely can see you opening up your home to people in the 20s to 30s bracket and you ministering to them and loving on them and discipling them and nurturing them. Because you are so pastoral. So pastoral. And it's beautiful. But I can just see you opening up your home and see more people, more friends connecting as you do so. So what do you see when you put the chairs out or the teas and coffees? What do you see when you hoover the floor? Because what you see will determine the condition of your heart. And as the condition of your heart is right and you see what God is saying... It transforms into the heart and then out through the action. Out through the action. What I see comes into my heart and then out through my action. So my actions will be determined, be determined by what I see. 
when I'm putting out the chair, my actions of putting out the chair with a smile and praying over that chair for the new people to come in to, and sit on that seat, that will be because I see this church growing and my place within this church as serving and loving and welcoming and opening. So what you see, don't ever look around and think, this is only, we are only, we're not, we can't, because that will determine your action. But actually, when you see what this church is going to be, it will determine your actions. And we will see growth, because it's down to you guys to germinate the seed. It's down to you to start moving things forward which is really exciting. Now, I'm thrilled that Dave and Leanne are announcing and they're doing some more stuff on vision. Is that right? Now, I had this word for you guys as to what do you see? And not only what the church sees, but what do, Dave, what do Leanne and Dave see? And I was thrilled to hear that you're going to start sharing more about the vision of the church. Because I believe that as you start, Dave and Leanne, to share what is in your heart, what you see, the people will catch it. The church will catch it. The church will catch it. And you need to just draw it. You need to demonstrate it. You need to act it. You need to, whatever you do, need to do to help people to grasp, to see, to understand. Because there's great things that you guys have got in your heart. And God's going to start to unpack that. And don't ever feel like apologizing. Never apologize to ask people to get behind the vision or to give to the vision or to support the vision. Because when they capture your heart and they capture the vision that God has given you, they will get behind you. I tell you what, you've got some good pastors here. You have. You've got some good pastors here. They're not self-seeking. Yeah? They're not self-seeking. They're not after their own glory. They're not after their own praise. They're not after the stage. They are totally, their heart is for you. You can see it. Their heart is for you. They're pastors. They love you. They love you. You know, when Moses went and he saw a vision of the promised land, when he saw a vision of the promised land and God said, go into the promised land, he sent 12 spies to go and kind of look out and have a look to see what the land looked like. And 10 spies came back, said, yeah, the land looks good, but we can't do it. We could never defeat the giants, the big, strong armies that are in that land of Canaan. We can't do it. We are small. We are weak. And so they didn't. Although Moses, the man of God, heard God say, that land is yours, 12 of them went to spy on it. And 10 came back and said, no, we can't do it. Only two said they could. And because of that consensus there, they stirred the people to, to go against what Moses had said. And it took 40 years for Moses to pass away and for a new leader to come for the people to then say, we will go into the promised land. And when they did, they overcame. However, Moses 
never managed to go into the promised land with the people of God at that time because people didn't get behind the vision. They couldn't see what Moses could see. And so my challenge and my heart's plea to you guys is to get behind the vision of what Dave and Leanne share. What Dave and Leanne can see, God has imparted to them. And they've spent hours praying and hours thinking and hours dreaming and hours calling on God and serving and giving their hearts and lives and dedicating everything. And whatever God has laid on their heart, I believe that the people of God need to get behind. They need to get behind because it's there that they will start to take the promised land and they will start to begin to move things forward and you will begin to start to grow into the plant, into the, into the, into the church that God has called you to be. So get behind the vision. I didn't know you guys were going to be sharing on the vision this next month, so I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. What do you see? This air... What do you see when you get scallywags or young people come into the church? What do you see when you see young people? There's a, there's a guy, um, actually Steve knows, uh, Kate know him. But when, there's a guy that kind of came along to our church and uh, our youth group. And I used to run the youth when I was younger and cooler. Not anymore. And uh, I used to run the youth group. And there was this scallywag who came into youth and uh, he had a hoodie, hood up. He had a scowl, and he had piercings all over his face and tattoos. And he was like, yeah, whatever, like, you know. And so he kind of had this scowl, and he used to kind of, kind of came along because he had to. And he was on the street, so he didn't have m- many places to go or to be. And he didn't really want to be there. And so what would happen was... Uh, he would come in and I'd kind of go, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Try and be a friend and kind of be cool. And he would just be like, yeah, not interested, go away. And I spent a lot of time kind of praying for this lad called Ben. And I used to pray for him. I used to go, oh, Lord, will you please just do something in that lad's life? Because he just does not want to be here. Anyway, he kept kind of coming along and... And I found out he was a really good dancer. So we had this like dance club kind of going on with our youth group. And he used to come along to the, and I invited him to the dance group. And he used to teach backflips because he, he was cool like that, you know, Ben <laughs> with the backflips. And I used to call him Backflip Ben. And so I used to get him to teach our young people how to do backflips. So he's kind of like, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And uh, so we, I used to get this young lad who wasn't a Christian who would scowl, who'd be rude to the leaders and everything. But he would teach about the flips. And I'd start to get to know him. And then um, I realized he didn't really have anywhere to go on a Sunday or in the week. And he was often like just roaming the streets and whatnot and getting up to trouble and selling drugs. So I used to just say to him, well, Ben, if you came to church on Sunday... Uh, I'll let you do a dance on stage. And he was like, would you really? Now, it was quite cool for a young lad to come over and do a bit of a dance because, you know, there's some cool lights going on at church and uh, there's quite a bit of an audience. And Ben was like, I could do that. I could do that. So we invited him and his mates to do a bit of a dance. And it was like a street dance. And I just had to check there were no swear words in the song. And there weren't. 
so I kind of made sure I got the edited version. And he'd come up, and he was all like, all cool and all hard, you know, and everything. He'd do these backflips and get off the stage. And, and uh, he was great. And the young people used to like him, but he never was a Christian, never used to do anything, you know, who was just, you know, scowling the corner. And then uh, he kind of sat next to me during the church, and I could see he went really quiet. And I just said to him, you all right, Ben? And he was like, yeah. He says, this is what family feels like, isn't it? I thought, yeah. He says, I've never had a family that loves me. And he says, but I think, I think this is what it feels like. And he went, I was just like, I could see God just started to soften his heart. What do you see when you look at these scallywags? I could see it. I'm like, God's just starting to soften his heart. I said, hey, Ben, if you come next Sunday... You can come back to our house for dinner if you want. I've got two kids. I've got a 12-year-old daughter at the moment and a 9-year-old, and they were a bit younger then. I said, come on over. Come and uh, hang out. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, <laughs> the next week, he came to church, and he came back to our house for dinner. And he was like, yeah. And he started to smile, and he started to kind of, warm towards us and, and stuff. And every week I said to him, Ben, if I pick you up for church on a Sunday, will you come and stay? With, to, I would really love it if you came back to our house for dinner. And every week he would turn up at a certain spot on the road and I would pick him up for church. And every single week he would just feel a little bit warmer and a little bit closer and a little bit more loved and a little bit more like a sense of belonging. And every single week, people like you would go, hey, Ben, how are you doing? Now, he's quite a scary person to talk to at first with his hoodie and his piercings and his tattoos. And he's a bit of a drug deal going on on the side. And in fact, he could do a backflip. And a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know how to handle this kind of young street cool kid. How do I relate? And do you know what? He just wanted a family. You guys are family. You have a family here. You guys can be family. And that is what I found. Uh, that's what I found. Isn't that right? We were talking and we just said, you feel welcome here because you feel like this is family. And that's what Ben felt. And that was down to people like you and me just reaching out and saying, you can be part of our family. Do you know what? That young lad got radically saved. He is now, 10 years later, running our youth group as our youth pastor, which is fantastic. And he's just wonderful. He's still, he calls me his big sister, and I, he's my little brother, and he still comes over for dinner most Sundays, and uh, he loves it. He's great. He can't do backflips anymore. He's getting too old. <laughs> but the point is, never too old, but the point is, I could see God doing something in him. And when you see it, you start to act differently. Suddenly, I wasn't so afraid to approach him. Suddenly, I was a bit more kind of brave to say, hey, come over for dinner. Come over. Come, come and cook this carrot for me. I'm, you know, cook these potatoes. Now, you know, you can do some washing up with me. And we just started to build that relationship because the thing he wanted was family, belonging, family. 
And now our youth group, which is over 150 strong each week, he runs it because he just loves Jesus. And he now has a heart for community kids that just want to have a home, which is wonderful. You never know what your actions might produce, but look and see them, people, the way that God sees them. Don't make the split-second decision about who they are and write them off, because God never does that. He takes the seed, he plants it in good soil, and he waters it, and he grows, and it grows, and it reproduces after its own kind. Do you know what? Uh, Dave uh, mentioned my dad. Now, my dad is a, a, a Assemblies of God minister, retired now, and he's longest serving Assemblies of God minister in the whole of the, re- the country. And uh, he um, is, was in minister, ministry for about 37 years as a senior pastor. And he has planted several churches, but this particular church in CLM, which is where Dave and Leanne, uh, I met Dave and Leanne, where we brought up and grew up. This was a church that my dad took from a hundred that met in a small building that was run down. It was a hundred, probably just over a hundred, that started to meet when he was there. And then through prayer, through working, through being consistent, through perseverance, through trusting God, through building, through planting, through watering, through believing, he could see what the church was going to become. He left it nearly 20 years later with 600 in the church, okay, 600. Now, I say that not to brag about my dad, but to say churches grow. When the Holy Spirit takes a hold of them, they grow, they germinate, they grow, they spread, they develop. And I say that to say to you, this church, what do you see? What do you see for it? It is in seed form at the moment. It is literally germinating. It's just starting to to kind of sprout. Believe for the future for what God has got for this church. Because there's growth coming. There's multiplication coming. There's strength coming. And this will not be the only church that you have. You will plant from this church. You will plant because good fruit produces more seed and it reproduces after its own kind. I just thank God for that. And I, when I look at Dave and Leanne, they remind me of my mom and dad. They, you carry the same DNA, which is beautiful. And you're different in the way that you've got your gift mix, but you carry the same DNA. And I totally see that in them. So do get behind your leaders and encourage them. Because they're sowing their lives into this area and into you guys. So this is a season for planting. Planting the seeds. This is a season for it to be grown. Often people want to see the harvest straight away. They want to see the harvest straight away. But that cannot come until you've planted, you've watered, you've nurtured you've caused it to grow and you've protected that plant then the harvest comes don't look around and think well we don't have many people coming in this week the harvest comes later this is a time for getting the culture of the church right 
get the culture right, get it healthy, get the nutrients in, get it established, then I promise you this church will grow because God causes the seeds to grow in the natural, so he does in the spirit. So he does in the spirit. Finally, just want to encourage you guys. Everything you do, everything you do is a seed. Every action you do is a seed. Every smile you give is a seed. Every single act of service is a seed into this community. Every single person you talk to, that's a seed of encouragement, that's a seed. Whether you plant the seed is up to you. You carry a bag of seeds, every one of you. And it's up to you as to whether or not you will plant a seed wherever you go. And you'll speak life or whether you withhold encouragement. Whether you smile or whether you withhold your smile. Whether you praise somebody or whether you withhold praise. Whether you pray or you withhold your prayer. Every single thing is a seed. Matthew 13 says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Someone took the seed and planted it in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree. Birds come and rest in its branches. A mustard seed looks nothing like the tree that it produces. But it is as small as a mustard seed that God can turn that into a mighty tree. Believe that for this church. Believe that for this church. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10 to 11. I want Dave and Leanne to really go away and think about this verse. God supplies seed for the person who plants. That's you. You've got the seeds. And he gives it to you. You've got it. You've got the seeds. He supplies bread for food. God will supply and increase the amount of your seed. Do you see that? Every time we, we start to sow, God gives us more to sow. That's what the scripture's saying. You will increase the results of your good works and you will be made rich in every way. Then you can always give freely. We will, take, uh, we will take your many gifts to the people who need them and they will give thanks to God. They will give thanks to God. As you start to sow, God gives more. As you start to pour, God gives more out into you. Never say, I don't have enough to give. As you give, God gives more. Never say, never say, Steve, our house isn't big enough to have people around. As you sow, God will give you more. Okay? Never say we don't have enough food on the table or crisps or drinks or whatever it is to serve. As you do that, people will bring more. Okay? Step out. Start to sow. As you do, God will bring more. Don't say we haven't got enough people to start. God will bring more.
Yes. Never. Oh, this is such a beautiful church. <laughs> such faithful people. What a faithful man you are. Beautiful spirit. Beautiful spirit. So, last but not least. Last but not least. I planted some plants. And they bulbed, uh, these bulbs uh, uh, and they, they grew into beautiful flowers, and flowers looked gorgeous. And then the wind came and blew it over. <laughs> now I have plants that look like that, <laughs> horizontal. And uh, the plants are kind of all sticking out like this. Uh, but they're very pretty. But what happened was I didn't plant them deep enough, and their roots didn't go deep enough. And the wind came, and it blew them over. And so the thing is... It is down to you and I to make sure our roots go deep. Is that not true? It is true. My roots need to go deep. It is not down to Dave and Leanne to make your roots go deep. It is down to you. It is down to you. How do your roots go deep? You nurture and you feed yourself and you grow yourself. You be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. There are too many people who berate themselves, accuse themselves, remind themselves of all of their past mistakes and failures and things they did wrong and things they shouldn't have said. And there are too many people that look in the mirror and go, you are not good enough. You are... And so people get into such a tangle and they say, I wish I was this. I wish I was better. I wish I was greater. I wish I shouldn't have... I, I, I'd have done that instead of this and they pull themselves down rather than doing that God is saying to you today be kind to yourself be kind to yourself there are people who pinch who hurt themselves who cut themselves who criticize themselves who say things to themselves that you wouldn't say to your worst enemy And God is saying today, be kind to yourself. I died for you. I love you unconditionally. And as you're kind to yourself and you look after your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit, your roots go deep. As you take nutrients from this word of God, start reading the Bible. My Bible here I wish I could show you. It's full of, it's just full of um, pen mark and highlighted. And it's just, can you see that? It's a complete um, mess of kind of um, things that God has spoken to me. And I've just written it down the side of the pages and highlighted it. And if you take a pen and a paper and a good cup of coffee and you go and find a nice comfy chair, Take yourself to Costa. I love my Friday mornings. I take my Bible. I buy a Costa coffee. I sit in a corner and I just read the word of God. I take pens and highlight it. And I start to write down the side or in my journal all the things that God is saying to me. Then I tell you what, you're going to start to get inspiration. You're going to start to get preaches. Mark, you need to start writing preaches, mate, because you're going to start to preach. Wherever you are, wherever you go, God is going to start to speak to you in the street. 
You write it down. You carry your Bible. You digest the Word of God. You get into the Bible. This young lad here, what's your name? Timothy, you are going to be a speaker of the Word of God. You're going to teach the Word of God, mate. You really are. It's a beautiful learning spirit in you. You're going to learn. And you are, actually. I really sense there's a real a beautiful anointing over your children. Beautiful anointing. Start studying. Start writing. Start penning. Start hearing from God because you're going to hear God. I love the fact you've been taking notes. That's beautiful. Beautiful. That's exactly how God will speak. That's exactly how God will start to use you because you're starting to take his word seriously. Get into the word of God and get serious about the word of God because when we do that, your roots go deep and you carry in an anointing that nobody can understand because you don't look like the sort of person that would necessarily be cool and be awesome and be like really kind of amazing speaker. But when you speak, your roots are deep. And whatever comes out of your mouth will be such depth that comes from the Spirit of God. You two, a beautiful anointing over them because their mum and dad are so awesome. Because their mum and dad are so awesome. Well, I'd love to prophesy over all of you and pray over all of you, but time has come to an end. But I do want to just say, understand the season that this church is in. It's in seed form. Get behind the leaders who are going to start to share the vision and begin to see through the eyes of what God is going to do in this church. Pray into it. Believe into it. Act into it. And finally, as seed yourself, let your roots go deep into the word of God and be kind to yourself. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.